0: What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be running through some of the top waiver wire targets heading into week 13 of the NFL season. So going through around five players at each position, um, these are going to be guys who are available in 50% or more leagues. I'm going to be using the uh, ESPN waiver wire to get those numbers. As always, if you guys have any fantasy questions, it could be waiver wire, uh, trade targets, start sit, If you drop those down below, I will get back to every single person. And then if you guys do enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. But let's just jump right into the running back position. And I'm gonna start it off here by talking about Gus Edwards, who is currently owned in 40.3% of leagues? He's someone that I have been talking about over the past few weeks. He's been banged up with injuries, but when he has been healthy, he has been the uh, Ravens' running back one. You know, ever since uh, J.K. Dobbins went down, and then Gus Edwards did return from that ACL. He is back from injury. He just came out and dominated the running back opportunities. He had 16 carries. This wasn't even like a uh, you know tight committee here with Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill. Gus Edwards, 16 carries. Kenyon Drake 2, Justice Hill 1. So I feel pretty confident in saying that this will be Gus Edwards' backfield moving forward. And you know, in this role with some decent touchdown upside, he probably will be a week-to-week like mid to high-end running back three. He's never gonna have receiving upside, but if you're giving this man 15, 16 carries a game, he's gonna be having some touchdown opportunities. And I do think he is definitely worth being rostered at this point. Then next up here, I think this is actually a first um, in doing these videos, We have Zonovan Knight, who was owned in 0% of leagues. I don't think I've talked about a player who has like 0% ownership, but here we are with Knight. So we come out, you know, before the games, we hear that James Robinson is a healthy scratch. We did see him kind of fall down in terms of like favor at the running back position. He had kind of worked his way up to a 50-50 split with Michael Carter. Then I think it was last week, his uh, opportunities had kind of fallen down. And so, you know, I I was just expecting him to be the RB2 RB three moving forward. He's a healthy scratch. So it kind of looks like this is gonna be Michael Carter's backfield, and he's gonna have a big day. We were hearing all the stats about, uh, you know, Mike White checking down to the running backs. He was a check down machine last year to Michael Carter, to Ty Johnson. So it looked good for Michael Carter heading into this game. Then we see Knight just come out of nowhere, lead the running backs in snaps, carries, and targets. It does look like uh, Michael Carter is dealing with an ankle injury. But Knight was involved, you know, before Michael Carter was hurt. Like this was a pretty decent split early on in the game between Knight, between Ty Johnson, and then between Michael Carter. So I'm not going to come out here and say that like Knight's going to be the clear cut running back one moving forward. Like I doubt I list him as even a a fringe option in my running back start sit, just because I do think this backfield is pretty much an unknown moving forward. But if Michael Carter's going to miss some time, or maybe even if Michael Carter doesn't miss time, if Knight continues to get work, he can be someone who is fantasy relevant moving forward. And I think after seeing Mike White, we definitely have to be a little bit more optimistic on this Jets offense as a whole. So definitely someone to keep an eye on, and I can pretty much guarantee he is going to be available in every single league. Now, the next running back I want to talk about here is Jermichael Hasty, and he is not even owned in 1% of leagues. So we have Knight, Owned in zero. Jamichael Hasty here, owned in 0. .8% of leagues. We saw Travis Etienne play, I believe, five snaps. He uh, suffered a foot injury in the first quarter. There was some uh, talk that he was going to come back into the game. He ended up just, you know, uh, hanging out on the sideline, so he did not return. The early reports are that this is not a serious injury. So worst case scenario here, you pick up Jamichael Hasty, and he's just the Travis Etienne handcuff moving forward. But I'm going to talk about it with some of these next players. Handcuffs are very, very important You know, this late in the season. There's not going to be a ton of Gus Edwards out there who are leading their backfields and on waivers. You're going to need to get these guys before injuries happen to the players ahead of them. But with Travis Etienne out, we saw Jamichael Hastie play on 84% of the snaps, 12 carries, five targets, turned it into 20.5 PPR points. So even if Etienne doesn't miss any time, I still think Hastie is rosterable because there's always the idea where if a handcuff comes in, it could turn into some sort of committee. They use you know the backup two, the back three running backs. In this case, it looks like if Travis Etienne misses any time, Jermichael Hasty will basically just inherit that Travis Etienne workload, which will be very valuable. Now we're going to move over to another player who is a, a handcuff, Samaje Pirine. Now I imagine in, you know, competitive leagues, maybe even like semi-competitive leagues, Samaj P. Ryan should have been picked up, but it's also possible he gets dropped um, with Mixon likely coming back. So P. Ryan right now on ESPN Leagues is only owned in 45% of them. He comes out with uh, Mixon with a concussion, has a big game, 17 carries, 58 yards, one touchdown, seven targets, four receptions, 35 receiving yards, turns that into 19.3 PPR points. If Mixon misses another game, or you know maybe suffers an injury within the next few weeks. Samaje so Perine basically has to be valued at probably a high-end running back to at worst. This was another situation where the handcuff comes in, and instead of divvying up this committee backfield, they just you know took Mixon's workload, they handed it over to Samaje Perine, and that is a very very valuable position to have. So same thing with uh, Jermichael Hastie, worst case scenario, uh, P. Ryan is just a handcuff moving forward and one of the best handcuffs in the NFL. Another handcuff here, Alexander Madison owned in 23.5% of leagues, just the Dalvin Cook uh, handcuff and should be owned in basically every single league as like a bench option if Cook does get injured. And then just honorable mentions to Kenneth Gainwell and James Cook. Maybe they don't have the full on workload if their RB1 goes down, but two players who likely will be involved if an injury happens ahead of them on the depth chart. Now, moving over to the wide receiver position, this may be one of the best weeks we've seen at the wide receiver position in terms of waiver wire pickups. We have some new names, but we also have some returning names that I've talked about over the past few weeks. And I think I'm going to start it off here with Donovan Peoples Jones who was owned in 42.1% of leagues. And he actually went out, you know, we had some hype building into this week. And then he kind of goes out and has his first down game in a while. Targeted four times, only caught two of them for 16 yards. Before this game, he actually had seven straight games with 50 or more receiving yards. So this definitely was a step back here for DPJ. So I wouldn't be surprised if people picked him up, maybe even put him in their flex and he disappointed. And then they're just like, all right, I'm done with this dude dropping him. But I think Donovan Peoples-Jones could be very, very valuable moving forward. We have Deshaun Watson, who is going to be returning from his suspension. He will be able to play here in week 13. I think that is going to be a massive, massive upgrade to this passing attack. And I think Donovan Peoples-Jones has proven he is a talented weapon. He's been giving you decent production with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. I think he could be a legit top 24 wide receiver rest of season. And it's going to be pretty rare to see a guy like that just sitting on waivers. So definitely someone to look at this week. Then we're going to go over to my guy, Traylon Burks, owned in 36.8% of leagues. I kind of talked about it last week. He had a big game, but the usage wasn't great. You still had uh, Nick Westbrook-Akine and Robert Woods leading in the route participation department. Traylon Burks basically closed the gap with those guys. You saw a bump in the usage with an 81% route participation, had six targets, caught four of them for 70 yards, and then he kind of got lucky on the uh, touchdown. Basically, Derrick Henry takes like a screen pass, 70 yards, fumbles on the goal line, and then uh, Traylon Burks recovers it for the touchdown. Still counts for fantasy. Over the last two weeks, his two games are 18.1 and 17 PPR points. I always talk about it with these rookies, they show you they're talented, they show you you can produce, you got to just go pick them up because the upside is definitely there. So I really like Burks as a pickup if he is still on waivers. The next wide receiver I'm going to be talking about here is Jamison Williams, who is owned in 20.8% of leagues. And over the last few weeks, I've been talking about JMO as just a guy to kind of pick up, stash on your IR, We didn't really know exactly when he was gonna be making his return. I think probably the uh, day after my waiver wire video last week, the Lions designated him to return from IR. So they opened up that practice window. He obviously didn't play on the Thanksgiving game, but it seems pretty likely that he will return this week here in week 13. So this isn't just a thing where he's gonna be sitting on your bench or sitting on your IR spot. Like Jameson Williams could be giving you fantasy production very, very soon. We know he's an incredibly talented player. Was a great prospect, and you know, maybe he has a few weeks to kind of warm up, get back from that ACL. Obviously, we've seen guys like Godwin, Michael Gallup, it's taken them some games to really kind of reach close to 100%. But I think, you know, give him a few weeks. This is a guy who is very talented and could be giving you startable production over the last few games of the season. So, I do like J as a pickup. We have Darius Slayton, who is owned in 37.1% of leagues, currently the Giants wide receiver one. These are his yardage numbers over the past five weeks, 58, 66, 95, 86, and 63. I think Slayton is someone who will likely be somewhere in that like wide receiver three territory moving forward. And then we actually have someone who may be joining Darius Slayton in Odell Beckham Jr., who is owned in 34.1% of leagues. So right now we are hearing reports that he has visits scheduled with the Cowboys and the Giants. We also had that report come out on Sunday about some weird incident with him on an airplane getting kicked off. Honestly, I'm not gonna read too much into it. I think we know the uh, the talent is there. If he is healthy, you know, if he is fully back from that ACL, I think he's definitely interesting. If he's slotting in as the wide receiver two for the Cowboys, probably would be the wide receiver one for the Giants if he was fully healthy definitely someone to just pick up based on potential upside. And then this week, we do have a lot of honorable mentions here. I felt like, you know, it was tough to just limit it to five. So we've got Elijah Moore, Michael Gallup, Isaiah McKenzie, and Zay Jones. For Elijah Moore, the route participation wasn't really there, but we saw him get into the end zone. He had a big play, could definitely start to earn more opportunities with um, Mike White at quarterback. Michael Gallup probably wouldn't be super relevant if Odell signs with the Cowboys. But we did see him have a decent day on thanksgiving like i talked about with the acl he's definitely someone who should be getting better rest of season isaiah mckenzie with a big game on thanksgiving the route participation was solid not necessarily like a full-time player but definitely less of a uh, split for that slot role and then zay jones just coming off of a massive game in probably uh, trevor lawrence's best game as a pro now moving over to the quarterback position We've got some decent rest of season options and then some streamers. Starting it off with Deshaun Watson. I imagine in competitive leagues, he has definitely gotta be scooped up already. 42.2% owned. He's returning this week. If he is the same guy, he will be a top 10 quarterback rest of season with probably top five potential. We have Jimmy Garoppolo owned in 48.4% of leagues. He came out, had a down game against the Saints. You know, we went from the 49ers just shredding in their last game everyone with monster performances, to kind of a clunker against the Saints. But moving forward, Jimmy G still has the best weapons in the NFL, and he has a very favorable uh, schedule rest of season. So someone maybe if you're uh, struggling at the quarterback position, you just pick him up or maybe get him in like a trade where he could just kind of you know ride out in your quarterback spot rest of season. May not have a crazy upside, but could potentially be a top 10 guy with that schedule. We have Jared Goff, who is owned in 29.2% of leagues. He started off pretty hot and then has definitely kind of cooled down as of late. But like I talked about with Jamison Williams, he will be getting him probably this week, Uh, if not this week, then in week 14. If JMO is fully healthy, this is a legit one-two wide receiver punch with Amon Ra and Jamison Williams, and that could propel Jared Goff to be a Fringe weekly start, high-end QB2, maybe even low-end QB1 rest of season. And then just two guys here that I think are strong streaming options for this specific week. Marcus Mariota owned in 42.8% of leagues, plays the Steelers who have allowed the fourth most points per game to the quarterback position. And then Mike White owned in only 2.5% of leagues. Dude comes in, replaces Zach Wilson, just dominant performance, 315 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. Plays the Vikings, who have allowed the seventh most points per game to the running back, or sorry, the quarterback position. So, an interesting streaming option in probably like deeper leagues. Now, moving over to the tight ends, gonna start it off here with Hunter Henry, who is owned in 24.7% of leagues. He's been a guy where he's had some weeks where the route participation is solid. He's very involved, the volume is there. And then you kind of pick him up, maybe you start him, and then the route participation just tanks him and John, who are like splitting opportunities. So he's been a tough guy to navigate for fantasy. He did log a very solid route participation on Thanksgiving, 76%, five targets, three receptions, 63 receiving yards, and a touchdown. 15.3 PPR points. I believe he was the guy who uh, had the controversial uh, no touchdown play. So it could have been an even bigger day for Hunter Henry. In terms of the options we're looking at, guys uh, available in 50% or more leagues, he probably would be the top option moving forward. The next guy I have here is Foster Moreau, who is owned in 34.6% of leagues. He's really on here just for his elite usage. 95% route participation, You're just not really gonna find that with any of these other tight ends on waivers. He was targeted seven times, three receptions, 33 yards and a touchdown. Overall, with that kind of usage, I think the production has been disappointing, but it's possible it picks up. Log 12.3 PPR points this week, could be a decent streaming option moving forward. Then we have Tyler Conklin, who was owned in 32.3% of leagues. He's been another guy just like Hunter Henry, where his route participation has been all over the place. Early on in the season, when uh, C.J. Ozama was out, Tyler Conklin's route participation was elite, like 90-plus percent. Then he had kind of fallen off, was in the 60-50 range, which just isn't startable at the tight end position, especially on a Jets offense led by Zach Wilson. This week, it was up to 73%. So, nothing crazy, but definitely playable moving forward. He logged three receptions for 50 yards, and I do think he can continue to be a fringe start if that route participation does stay above 70. Not sure if it was just a game script thing. Honestly, him and Uzama actually logged some decent raw participations, so it could have just been the matchup. But definitely something to monitor moving forward. Then the next tight end is going to be Jawan Johnson, who is owned in 37.2% of leagues. His uh, hot run came to an end this week. Unfortunately, put up a goose egg: two targets, zero receptions. You know, he had been on that uh, crazy hot streak in terms of the touchdowns. They get like five touchdowns in the past five games. I do think a QB swap from Dalton to Winston could probably help him out moving forward. The Saints' offense has just looked really, really rough as of late, which obviously isn't going to help in the uh, you know streaming tight end department. And then the final guy here, unfortunately, my guy Greg Dulcich has kind of really fallen off over the past two weeks, owning 46.2% of leagues. He came into the uh, season pretty hot, three straight double-digit performances. Now he's at back-to-back dud games. He did have a touchdown called back in this game, but you know, if you started him, had him on your team, that's just not gonna help you out. The overall usage, like route participation and the talent, I think is there. The issue is this offense is just rough. Broncos as a whole, you know, offensively, have just been atrocious. Russ has not been good. So that's really the uh, thing that's been holding Greg Dulcich back here. But same thing for Jawan Johnson. If like the touchdowns aren't there, the volume isn't there, it's gonna be tough for these guys to produce for fantasy. And now moving into the final position, we have the defenses. Honestly, probably not an elite week for streaming defenses, but definitely still have some viable options here. Starting it off with the Browns who are owned in 9.3% of leagues. They go up against the Texans, obviously a brutal offense. Browns haven't been, you know, this lockdown unit on defense, but you're playing against one of the worst offenses, if not the worst offense in the NFL. Another defense that really hasn't been great, the Seahawks, owned in 10.9% of leagues. They go up against the Rams. Another matchup here where you're just betting against an offense, obviously with the uh, Rams here. Packers owned in 45.3% of leagues. They match up against the Bears. Uh, Bears, if they don't have Justin Fields, probably not going to be pretty moving forward. Vikings owned in uh, 27.6% of leagues. They go up against the Jets. Maybe a risky start here with how the Jets looked against the Bears, but like I said, not a ton of elite options, just a lot of spots where you're trying to, uh, you know, pin some rougher offenses and try to take advantage there. And then we have the Falcons, same type of situation, owned in 9.3% of leagues, matching up against the, uh, you know, up and down Steelers offense, not even really up and down, pretty much just a down Steelers offense. So that is going to wrap it up for every position. You know, five or, you know, more for the wide receivers uh, targets for you guys to look at. Like I said at the top, any questions, um, you know, you want to ask, should I drop this player for this player? Totally cool. I will get back to everyone. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll be posting my uh, buy lows and sell highs in the same video coming out in a few hours. Probably will be the last one I do for the year with most people's uh, trade deadlines running out. But thank you again for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.